live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in on a Thursday morning, December 16th, 2021. How's everybody doing today? Hopefully you got through the bizarre weather day that was December 15th. All right, without significant damage. All in all, given what could have happened, what some of the numbers were in terms of the wind speeds, Lincoln saw gusts of over 90 miles an hour. Tornadoes up and down uh, that storm system. All in all, um, it. I, I guess maybe I shouldn't overly generalize in this thing, but I thought maybe uh, things would have come out worse after this whole thing was over. Nonetheless, there's still uh, issues. People people have their power out still. Probably not all that excited about how things are going. Uh, limbs down, trampolines moved around uh, town and in a lot of residential areas and, and those sorts of things. Hopefully you've got all your deck furniture still with you today uh, and aren't having to go out and search for it. Uh, but nonetheless, pretty, pretty weird and significant and quick weather situation last night as Mark and I were in studio and Caleb was out in the field covering this thing. And then by four o'clock, right? <laughs> I mean, the peak of it hits, the peak of it hits at like 3.30, 3.40. And then by four o'clock, we we're like, well, this is done. That's it for our coverage. <laughs> when it's moving at 90 miles an hour, it doesn't take uh, too long to go through. No, it really it doesn't. It was, was really a, a very narrow band by uh, a lot of standards of that severe stuff. And I mean, we had, uh, like you said, peak wind gust at the airport, 93. Uh, had to be that here Midtown Lincoln as well. A couple of trees uprooted, uh, as I understand, it, out in southeast mm-hmm. Lincoln. But, man, I we've got a, a commercial weather service that we use here uh, that tracks all the radars and the watches and warnings. And the warnings were just popping up. As you you couldn't read them as fast as they were popping, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, you'd start reading one, there'd be another one pop right up on almost on top, of all it. the way up and down that line of of storms in Nebraska from tornado watches, and then th- you know severe thunderstorm warnings that went through it, and then on the backside, then you start to have these dust warnings. Yeah, uh, after after things as hard as it rained, there wasn't enough to to settle the dust. Yeah, absolutely, and you could feel it when when that severe part got to town. It was like getting smacked in the face because I know my apartment shook. There was a lot of places that you could see on their video of in one minute, everything looked relatively fine. It was like, oh, there might be a storm. Then it's, oh, everything is happening right now. Yep. And then five minutes later, oh, then everything's done. Yep, absolutely. It was still pretty windy into the evening, though. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> doubt about it. No doubt about it whatsoever. Uh, I went, Because it was still like not that cold outside. And everybody at my house was like, oh, we're hungry. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to go put some burgers on, on the grill because I thought it would be nice outside. Trying to carry those things back after I grilled them on a plate. <laughs> they, I almost had burgers all over my yard just because of because of the wind. Now, we we did have up, uh, up to over 6,000 people without power right after this thing ended last night. Uh, LES has been working throughout the night. They've got it down uh, to 165 Right now, customers still without power. And that, that's so. just in a few uh, small areas, I yep. think, isn't it? A few, few limited areas. That 70th and O area still has a few. Uh, some around College View. Just north some of Capitol around, Beach. Uh, yep, north of Capitol Beach. 
and then one more small little area as well uh, that is um, on you know Highway Two and Twenty Seventh uh, or no Highway uh, more like uh, Van Dorn and about uh, College View 12th, area kind of Twelfth. Well, there's College yeah. View area, but this is uh, west uh, of further down there, yeah. like near South type stuff. So. Uh, anyway, just uh, just a little heads up. There are still a few of those, but LES has been working. I've gotten t- uh, most of those taken care of. Uh, Mark, when I when I drove home, and I don't know what what you saw last night, I was like, oh man, there are going to be huge limbs everywhere, uh, trees down everywhere. There were some, you know, there was some of it. There was a lot of debris everywhere. Yeah, it was, uh, but it wasn't quite it wasn't quite the uh, apocalyptic scene I thought I might see when I drive home, which was yeah. good. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I didn't. I only saw one, uh, I, I would say, small limb down uh, as I headed down 84th Street. But other than that, it was just, you know, sticks and some branches and that type of stuff. But a lot of leaves around the area. Yeah. And, boy, the the uh, roof and the hood of my uh, truck got, really, <laughs> got a lot of debris on I it. still have a, uh, I, had, I, I should have just taken it out, but I got like a twig uh-huh. in my, that got lodged in my windshield wiper <laughs> somehow that is not going to move by turning my windshield wiper on, and uh, I meant to take that thing out, but it's still, so I just wanted it as a memento, just to know that I made it through I, yeah, the yeah. windstorm of 2021. Well, and that, that wind was so, so heavy, even after everything came through, that I tried to put it off as long as possible till right before we were going to bed to take my dog out. Yeah. Uh, but the ground was dry in some parts well, because yeah. of how windy it was. It, it just it dried everything up. Well, we had the dust the the dust warnings here uh, yep. because you didn't really get enough. Even though even though it was really raining sideways for a while, uh, I think just, it was raining up at one point. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Maybe the rain never even hit the ground. Maybe that was the problem. Uh, but that, that produced some of these these dust storm type situations as well, with it being as dry as it's been. Oh, and if you were looking for a white Christmas, you may have to go somewhere else, because that might have been it for precipitation over the course of the next two weeks. Some of the mountains ski areas in California, uh, just over uh, five feet of snow yeah, early so this week. Go to California if you want to like Christmas. They, they got all of it. Yep, that's well, Colorado uh, got a lot too. Yeah. Colorado as well, but yeah, we're uh, uh, extended forecast now has you know temperatures slightly above normal for the most part, forties, uh, and then the end of next week we can already see forecast for Christmas Eve now forty two uh, with partly sunny skies. Christmas Day thirty six. With partly sunny skies, which means cargo shorts for me. Yeah, uh, it'll be high, 93 in the house. If the high is above freezing on a holiday, on an extended family holiday, you go with the <laughs> cargo shorts. It's a rule of thumb that I encourage all of you to stick by. Um, all right, so there you go. That's a that's a recap on the weather. And as I said, things get a lot more, um, a lot calmer, a lot more normal today. Uh, it's 47 degrees and sunny skies with your high today. Right now we are at 29 and not 60 like we were yesterday at this time. A little bit more. A little uh, bit of wind chill. Normal we still got a little here. wind out there, 21. 21? All right, well, I got seven miles an hour is what this says right no, now. No, over 21 is the wind chill. Oh, 21 is the wind chill. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, okay, so there you go. That's our uh, that is our weather recap. And and by the way, good news that the weather's looking good for today. A little chilly, but uh, very nice for December for our caroling, our all star caroling tonight. We got a crew of people, Mark, ready to it's, jump in the bus. You're up about thirty, I think. I, yeah, I think we'll probably be in that in that range. Still time if if you do want to be a part of it last minute. I need you to uh, go sign up at klin.com just so we can add you to our and head have an, count and have enough pizza. 
Yeah, and so we can have enough pizza. Um, but we'll we'll get going. If you're out and about tonight in in Lincoln, you may you may run into us depending on well, where you are. Well, you may just see us singing, okay. and you may get to enjoy some of the some of the vocal stylings that we are going to provide. I'm a little little cautious when it goes. No, we don't want no. <laughs> and if you see a big bus driving around in Lincoln, big Windstar bus, wave because that's probably the All Star Caroling Group will be making stops at uh, Brian East, 48th and O Shopping uh, Center here, and then we'll be um, around downtown for for quite a bit, Tower Square, uh, and into downtown the Haymarket, the rail yard. So. We'd love to see you out there tonight, and uh, we are set for a big volleyball match tonight with uh, Nebraska and Pitt tonight, Ooh, 8 yeah. o'clock. My goodness, the late night starts. Late night starts. My, well, 8 o'clock pregame. 8 o'clock pregame. So 8.30 is the actual yeah. first serve. 8.30 probably. is where, it, where it's set. So over on B107.3, pregame will start at 8. The first serve could be later than 8.30, depending on how long the first match goes. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, there you go. It may even be later. I feel bad because, you know, my, my daughter is the Nebraska volleyball super fan in the house, and, and she's 11-year-old, and she still, she kind of uh, um, turns into, uh, t- turns into uh, well, can't make it past 10 o'clock. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but she cannot, she really can't make it past 10 o'clock almost any night, no matter Early what. To bed. And so, and neither so, can I, so. <laughs> And so every every time there have been one of these games on, and all of them, all of the recent ones have started eight eight o'clock, eight thirty, nine nine thirty. Always is the same thing. Games over, matches over. We're saying, all right, hey, get up, time to go upstairs. Uh, Huskers won. Okay. <laughs> and so, and then she asks in the morning, she doesn't remember what happened. Did we win? And so uh, I'm hopeful they win tonight. So I think on Saturday the the game wouldn't be as late if they actually won it. So, that'd be good. I don't know. I feel... What do you mean, if they win it? That's right. That, you know, that's that's you true because I feel a we. I mean, a level of confidence right now in this team, especially against Pitt, that probably borders on overconfidence at this point. A little bit. That's how I feel right now, though. Like, I don't there, care. There's more confidence. I don't believe I can jinx them. There's more confidence going into this one than, than going into Texas at Texas, right? Absolutely, especially after having seen that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. You've got that. You've got the the All America selections came out. Lexi Rodriguez first team. Kayla Caffey second team after not getting uh, All Big Ten first or second team. <laughs> but All American she can. But get. second team All American. Yeah, that's a consolation prize. And then uh, Maddie Kubik third team. Nicklin Haynes so, honorable mention. So they now have six players on the roster who have been All Americans at right, some point because that doesn't even include. Lauren Stiverance or Lexi's son. Right. And Nicklin Hames is a previous, she's made an All American team. In 2020. So you're going to have a, I mean, you at any point, you could have like two or three All Americans on the bench during the rotations yes. that they have. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a little bit of a, you know, if I, if I were coming up against that, I'd just say, eh. <laughs> well, because John, John Baylor's talked about how Wisconsin, it's been really their same core of people. So when yeah. they have an All American, that player is on the floor yeah. at at all times. Nebraska's got all Americans that sub out or don't play at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to uh, to watch that tonight. Hear it on B1073 with John Baylor. Well, uh, our caroling. We uh, we shouldn't miss much, if any, of uh, of that match. And so I'll be tuning in John Baylor as I drive home afterwards tonight. And uh, we're looking forward to that. And of course, we'll 
excuse me, we'll talk more about it tomorrow. Um, uh, Mark, anything else that we want to get to outside of the weather here this morning? Well, no, mo- most of it was storm damage. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that we did speculate on a little earlier this week uh, on the political front was uh, whether uh, with Doug Peterson yeah. announcing he wasn't going to uh, seek re-election as Attorney General. Mike Hilgers actually confirmed yesterday that he is going to run. And he had run previously for this, and so that's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. His his name has he's, you know probably got significantly more name recognition after becoming Speaker of the Legislature and, and the years being in the legislature since that time he originally ran, uh, what it would be, eight years ago with this and so yeah and that was a very crowded field back then. yeah it was there were yeah that was a very crowded uh there were four primary republicans yep. who uh who went into that race and so, so but that's probably the biggest uh biggest political news that, uh, right and, and and you know he was one of the names another one of the names that people threw out there if uh if jeff fortenberry either didn't run or was challenged for his house seat, and so scratch that one off the yep. list, scratch Matt Davison off the list, scratch uh, I don't know who else on this, and and you raised an interesting question: is that uh, is that something Dave Heineman might be might be interested in if he's not running for governor? Just just seemed to be a question that popped into my mind. We'll see, but it, it depends. But again, on how or the, maybe uh... Fort Mary is going to be able to to navigate the rough political waters going around this whole thing and and he'll go ahead and run. Heinemann will run depending on how the uh, Lady Husker volleyball team plays to The Lady Huskers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, those are the things that we've got going on. Uh, real, real quick, uh, non-Husker sports note, and, and uh, Caleb probably was going to let you know about this in the uh, sports, but in the overnight hours, Urban Meyer was fired by the Jaguars. <laughs> yes. Really great tenure there with the Jaguars. A uh, lot of accomplishments and wrapping up a great career with the he, Jags. He lost more games than he lost 11 over 13 games, so only got two wins this year. He lost more games than he did at Ohio State. Uh even in less than one full season of coaching there, there are enough storylines about his time there to fill an entire book. I need a 30 for 30 just on the Urban Meyer in I mean, Jacksonville. I mean, we got and the it thing. wasn't even a full year. They, they hired last January. They hired the Iowa strength coach. Remember that? Uh, that was kind <laughs> of a controversy for a yeah. couple of days. They fired him. They brought Tim Tebow in at the beginning of the year to play for the Jags. Uh, they, Urban did his thing at the bar. We'll just leave it at that. Yep. Did his thing at the bar. And now the most recent thing that probably was the trigger for all this is uh, former kicker for the Jags, Josh Lambeau, said Urban literally kicked him. Said, make your kicks, and then kicked him in the leg. Also called all of his, uh, allegedly called all of his assistant coaches losers. (sighs) And also he he didn't use, this is his personal fantasy team, but he didn't use his best running back because he liked the guy from Ohio State better. Uh Uh-huh. Frustrating. Uh... All right. How to win friends and not influence people. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. All right, so that's what we got. Hey, Caleb, do you mind uh, checking the prize sheet, right? We have a ticket oh. Thursday today um, that we're going to be uh, giving away some tickets. And what today, kind of game? our tickets Husker men's basketball versus Kennesaw State. Hey, that is, uh, next week. a lot of people asking for tickets to that right now. The other K State. Uh, Kennesaw State. We're going to do. Um, Mark, we're going to do uh, Guess What LNK Today with Jack and Friends is thinking of today. Do a Good. Funny questions. That's always fun. <laughs> Why does that sound so incredibly sarcastic? Because it was. <laughs> <laughs> Good.
Anyway, LNK Today it's with Jack and Friends as, marketing specialist Mark Vale. It's also known as Show Prep 101, <laughs> five minutes after the show starts. Wow. <laughs> Pulling back the curtain, really. Uh, Grow Lincoln team's going to join us. We'll have your morning drive. Greg Sharp. Talk a little bit. Nebraska coaches, uh, football coaches spoke yesterday, so we'll have some from that. And Caleb's got it all coming up in sports. And next, you're listening to Lincoln's News and Talk, 1499 KLIN. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. It is time for the Sound Off. 29 degrees in the capital city on your Thursday morning, December 16th, 2021. Man, this always this always happens when you get of a certain age, I guess. Every year now, the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas seems shorter and shorter. It seems like I mean, it used to it used to feel like it would just, it would never get here. It would never get. You'd look at that. We had this. Um, we had this like felt advent, or not wasn't advent, but like days till Christmas thing where we would put a little decoration on the tree every day. You were a day closer to Christmas. Felt like we were doing that thing for four years when I was a kid. And now I look at the calendar. I'm like, oh god, this is gonna be over. This is gonna be over. I haven't even uh, driven around and looked at Christmas lights yet. I haven't even really listened to a whole lot of Christmas because it doesn't yet. feel like Christmas yet. I think guess that's part of it. I, I got I got Megan a uh, an advent calendar thing where she can open up something each day yeah. until Christmas. It's Harry Potter socks. Oh. It's pretty nice. It's it's pretty cool. That's not nerdy at all. Because Harry Potter is a Christmas movie, remember? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it may if you're not in the mood though, like you want to be, like you want to be, tomorrow on the show. We are doing our Christmas music spectacular yes. for Request Line Friday. Last week, we got all the bad ones out of the way. And by bad, I'm mainly talking about that Bob Dylan Christmas album. <laughs> Holy moly. That was something. We should have just played more of that one. We, uh, I, and by the way, if it, it, please don't request the Dylan Christmas album. But it is songs you love to love on uh, on Christmas music. We did songs you love to hate last week. This is songs you love to love. We already have a uh, a few requests that have come mm-hmm. in, rolled in. I saw we got one. I like it. It'll be the middle of the day on like a Wednesday and somebody requests a song on request slide Friday on our text line. Then I have to remember to and, add it to yeah, our sheet. Yeah, but no, that's good. That's what we want and we have gotten a lot more organized with request line Friday. There's a Facebook post, right? Isn't Yep, the, there's also? a Facebook post up there um, so people can, can respond to that besides, uh, besides the text line and getting a hold of us on Friday. And Maybe that's going to change it all. Maybe that's going to get me in like, okay, now it feels right. It would help if it snowed, but... Right. I I do think it'll... So last Friday, even though it was the Christmas and holiday songs you love to hate, yeah, it still felt like Christmas because you were hearing them, right? Like, even though right. it's, it's not the songs that, that I love to hear, I was still hearing those Christmas songs. I think tomorrow's going to... Well, first of all, tonight with the All-Star Caroling. That's true. Um, and that, then in those tomorrow... Those two things, that's going to transform me. Uh, it's going to do a, uh, a Scrooge-like transformation on me, and I'll be ready to go for Christmas. I was thinking Grinch-like with that heart Grinch, grows three sizes. Grinch and Scrooge combined. Uh, all right, let's jump into our sound off. Hey, 
How much more money did you spend this year than last year because of inflation? Well, maybe you didn't actually keep track, but there are studies out showing eh, it was significant in a lot of cases. A new report out this week shows that U.S. households are spending several thousand dollars more this year due to inflation. The Wharton School of Business releasing a new report Wednesday stating that on average, American families are spending $3,500 more for things like groceries, electricity, and fuel not for extras like vacation, movies, or dining out. The report also says lower-income households bear the brunt of inflation, spending about 7% more for essentials, while higher-wage earners spend about 6% more compared to 2019 and 2020. Continuing to see some of those things. Now, gas prices are down um, in the capital city and, and around the country as well. I think I saw... I think I saw two ninety nine yesterday. Like, oh, bargain day at the old gas station. Uh, but you still you still see a lot of those things. I am on a I am on a mission in Lincoln to find uh, to find chicken. That's uh, that's on sale. My my family always want we may just go through a lot of chicken. My son goes through a lot of chicken, trying to eat a lot of protein, and usually do chicken breasts. And occasionally I'll mm-hmm. mix in the chicken thighs just because they're cheaper and they kind of they, they taste pretty good too. But everybody complains when I when I mix it up on them. So looking for the do, ch- do you tell breasts. them that it's that it's the thighs well, or do like, they just so know? I made chicken tortilla soup the other day and nobody's gonna know if I do that right. So yeah, nobody's gonna know if I put it in a soup like that. Yeah, if you don't tell but, them, I bet they they wouldn't know the. But difference. I'll tell you what. I mean, don't sleep on grilled chicken thighs. Mm-mm. Do not sleep on grilled. Not probably not as healthy. Okay, <laughs> uh, but it's like kind of it's like uh, dipping your chicken breasts in butter or something like that. It, it uh, I like them a lot, but family. We don't just dip all of our chicken it. in butter. Is that not a thing? Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's fine too. Okay, no, everything is uh, <laughs> everything's better. Uh, that child tax credit some people have been uh, getting here during the course of this year set to expire. Will it continue? A child tax credit worth up to three hundred dollars a month for families expires at the end of this month. Democrats included a year long extension in the Build Back Better bill. Sixty million children benefit a large number of them off of poverty, coming out of poverty because of the child tax credit. But House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says she is not planning a standalone tax credit bill that could face uphill odds in the Senate. They'd have to find a way to pay for it, and they haven't discussed that with us. Iowa Republican Joni Ernst warns of an increasing price tag of the Democrats' spending bill. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. All right, uh, news out of Canada here, and this is, you know, guys, when, when we talked about COVID restrictions and masks and all of those sorts of things. I I think I've frustrated some people sometimes because I say I just can't get that worked up about masks and a lot of listeners would like me to be. But the primary reason is as long as we can do the things that we couldn't do last year during times of last year, that I mean, the, the, the masks just aren't... Are, and, and by the way, you guys have heard me say, I think it's probably... Now we'll see how everything changes in the next few weeks and months, but probably time with with most of the rest of the the folks around us not doing it. Probably time to uh, to think about getting rid of it. But the thing that that would incredibly disappoint me and incredibly impact me personally in a, in a different way and fire me up in a different way is if we started to have limits again on going to things. Mm. That to me is a way more significant those indoor capacity limits and. It's not happening here, 
um, at this point, but it's starting to happen in other places not too far away uh, up north in Canada. The province of Ontario Wednesday announced new COVID restrictions that will impact pro sports amid surging cases and concerns over the Omicron variant. Effective Saturday, December 18th at 12.01 a.m. Any venue with a capacity of a thousand or more will be capped at 50 percent. Ontario Premier Doug Ford there. This new measure will impact Scotia Bank Arena, the home of the NBA's Toronto Raptors and the NHL's Toronto Maple Leafs, and Canadian Tire Centre, the home of the NHL's Ottawa Senators. The Senators were briefly put on pause earlier this season by the NHL due to a COVID outbreak on their roster, while the Maple Leafs had their game postponed on Thursday against the Calgary Flames, with the Flames seeing 17 team members enter the NHL's health and safety protocols. Uh. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. All right, so... But to the point, they're talking about NBA and NHL teams with this. They're going to have fifty percent for these uh, for these things. Man, you remember just um, just uh, earlier this year when, like the NBA, uh, when the NBA playoffs got going and they actually started having crowds at some of those games, and that was sort of the first thing where you saw crowds at games, mm-hmm. and it was just like. It was hard to get used to again. We had gotten so used to watching it without the crowds again. Well, and and I remember going to the state uh, boys state basketball, basketball tournament. Yeah, where you had that was a little shock after having not done anything like right, that. Right, because you you had either gone to a few games or you were mostly watching games on uh, YouTube or Strive right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the the state basketball tournament. and You're like, this feels like <laughs> there's not been a pandemic at all. Right. It was yeah. Um, and now back used to it again, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, knock on wood, that's not something that starts to take it. Let's, because, got, let's not and, go back to the bubble. Yeah, uh, uh, that's uh, that. Anyway, uh, moving on. Hey, uh, how many of you did uh, telehealth services uh, either during the pandemic? Maybe you continued to do it, expanded extensively during the pandemic, especially with people just getting used to using Zoom for more things. But what was the experience with it? Is this going to be kind of a new feature of our healthcare system that continues significantly on into the future? After everything shut down in early 2020, millions of people turned to online or phone visits with their doctors to keep a level of care going. 62% of adults age 50 and older using some form of telehealth since the pandemic started in a new survey by the Associated Press Nork Center for Public Affairs Research. A majority cited avoiding possible exposure to COVID as one reason, along with convenience factors like ease of appointments and a timely response. About 6 in 10 say they're at least somewhat likely to use remote care after the pandemic ends. About two-thirds are concerned care might not be as effective as an in-person visit, and adults 65 and older worry more about not having the right devices. Lisa Brady, Fox News. Uh, Listen, if it's not something where they need to physically, you know, see my broken arm or, uh, or, or whatever that's going on on this, give me telehealth all day. Right. That's my I, opinion on it. Well, I, I used telehealth uh, last year during 2020. That was how I... Um, I have a few times, yeah. Because that was one of the times where, remember, we, we were fortunate enough on KLAN that we were never shut down. Uh, we never had anyone with COVID. You were home for a little bit, ended up being pink eye. Yeah. Uh, sorry, HIPAA violation. Um, I was home... It's not a HIPAA violation. Oh, dang. Um, I was home with... I just had a, a low-grade fever. But it wouldn't go away, and everyone was just being cautious. Uh, but I ended up going and getting tested because I did the telehealth option, and they said, "Yeah, you've had a fever; it hasn't gone away. We'll set you up with an appointment." Yeah, and, and so that that was way more convenient than going and 
credit, like it, it wasn't that difficult to go find somewhere that you could get in and they could look at you and go, yeah, you've got, you've had a fever, let's get you tested. It was just way more convenient to yeah. do that out of the living room. Yeah. And by the way, medical providers, go to complete online scheduling. I mean, make, I mean, come on. It's so much better. Yes. It's then, then calling and going like, I've got to cancel a, uh, kid's dentist appointment today that mm-hmm. I forgot to cancel earlier and that we were not going to be able to go to. And I'll go to the website and I'm like, all right, let me cancel it here. Please just let me cancel and re- let me look at the calendar there and page through mm-hmm. instead of sitting down and you throwing out like 20 times. Hey, would this work? No, would this work? Would this work? Online scheduling. Why are we not at online scheduling everywhere? Love me some online scheduling. Absolutely. Uh, all right, let's see a couple of more things here. A couple of fun ones here. You ever been to the uh, Air and Space Museum in the Smithsonian? Well, I went to the Smithsonian when I was a kid. First time I ever went there. Air, excuse me, the Air and Space Museum was my my favorite of all of them. Well, I know we got a couple of a uh, couple of listeners who are Star Trek fans. Well, some uh, some relics from Star Trek are now going to be go, become exhibits at the Smithsonian. Artifacts from the TV show Star Trek have arrived at the Air and Space Museum in Washington. Mr. Spock's ears will go on display there next year. Oh, that's quite understandable. The prosthetics that gave Star Trek actor Leonard Nimoy's character his distinctive pointy ears were donated by his family, housed in a wooden box which the actor is said to have built himself. Nimoy, who played Mr. Spock over the course of nearly 50 years, died in 2015. Jack Callahan, Fox News. Of course, Leonard Nimoy built a box for his fake ears. Yeah, he built his own box. That, I feel like the... Pro, what are the aren't the prosthetics just... Uh, I mean, they just went on the top, right? Uh, they, they just, like... Sat on the top. Like, what did they even look like or, on their own in a box? Or were were his, like, the whole ear? I don't... Th- I assume... That's a good question. I assumed it was... It was something that was just fused on the top to give the point, but now I don't know. I don't know. Was it, like, a sleeve he put over his entire ear? See, that's what I was thinking, because... I look this up. I've been watching some of, the, some of the television coverage, and I think that... I was wondering why someone had some ears... In one of the stories, because obviously we don't have the sound on here in the studio for it, but... Oh, here they are. They just kind of went... They just sort of went, like, halfway... I mean, they look like kind of like horns in this picture, but they it was... Uh, yeah, it just sort of curled around the outside about halfway down the year. So, there you go. I mean, I mean, I... I, I, I I like the idea of having it there in Space Museum, but it's not the most exciting thing to look at. It just looks like it's a couple of skin chunks. Well, good good addition. <laughs> Last but not... Oh, I got two more things I want to do. I want to get two more. Let's do this one first, because this is a Husker one first. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the press conference yesterday, Husker Volleyball in advance of their appearance in the Final Four, and they're sitting down uh, in front of the press, and they bring out uh, Kubik, and they bring out Stiverens, and they bring out John Cook. And they, Which, uh, by the way, Stiverens and Cook were together in the Final Four in Columbus in 2016. Long time ago. She's been here a long time. <laughs> long time. So uh, they're talking, and the first voice you're going to hear is Maddie Kubik, um, and they're asking... <laughs> I wish you could see the video. Uh, Andrew Ward has tweeted out the video of this that you just... You, he cut you, this up really well. You need to watch, but um, Matty Kubik is, is asked if there's a nickname for their back row defensive specialists, which would be Akana, Knuckles, and Lexi Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And 
she says it, and 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 immediately after she says it, you can visually see that Stevens and Cook are like. Is there a group that Stevens and Cook are like? No. Do you have a nickname for those three, or is there a group nickname for them? What do what do, what do y'all call them? We called them three the midgets. No. How, how do they like that? They love it. <laughs> uh, we, we as coaches oh. don't use that terminology. We call them the Legion of Boom. The Legion of Boom. Oh. To have her be. Uh, first team All-American is a major, major accomplishment that I think she'd be here. No, but I know she's really good, and, and we saw that uh, from day one. But I also... <laughs> so just Lauren Stewart's going, no, no. Lauren's like, no, no. no. And then if you... They pull back they pull back the camera, and Stewart just has her hands in her face, and Kubik is proud of herself. It was just... Like, Kubik didn't... She didn't bat an eye. She just goes, yep, this is what we call them. <laughs> they love it. And, and, and we call, I love how she said it, too. She said, we call them three. Yeah, we call them three. <laughs> we call them three. Oh, and then they cook. Yeah, so we do not use that terminology <laughs> as uh, coaches. Uh, <laughs> that is so good. I'm sorry. It's, it was, I don't care who. As my friend Larry the Cable Guy would say, I don't care who you are. That was funny. Um, <laughs> In case you weren't already a Matty Kubik fan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last but not least, uh, overnight news from the NFL. The uh, it's been a great ride, but the Urban Meyer era <laughs> is over in Jacksonville. The Jacksonville Jaguars firing head coach Urban Meyer in the overnight hours Thursday after a two and eleven run. Jags owner Shad Khan issuing a statement: "Quote after deliberation over many weeks and a thorough analysis of the entirety of Urban's tenure with our team, I am bitterly disappointed to arrive at the conclusion that an immediate change is imperative for everyone." Meyer's tenure with the Jags was mired in controversy, all coming to a head on Wednesday with a Tampa Bay Times report in which. Which former Jacksonville kicker Josh Lambeau alleged that Meyer kicked him during a preseason practice. Offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel will serve as interim head coach for the Jaguars. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. Uh, well. Don't kick a Lambeau. Don't kick your kicker. And don't kick them if it's the same is, person. Is that it for Urban? Is that it for Herb? He's going to be back on like big noon kickoff, isn't he? Oh, maybe on TV. He was actually was pretty good on TV, I thought. Yeah. But, um, I don't He's know. He's done coaching, Somebody's right? going to... Somebody in college will come back to him. Someone said he needs to be Nebraska's special teams coordinator. <laughs> Immediately, no, guys. Hey, I don't know. No. Uh, no. I mean, no more of the kicking kickers, but other than that, I don't know. If we don't want to be mired in controversy, that was very well written. We'll take a break. Uh, come back to the Capital Humane Society. It's 654 Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. <laughs> It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. 658 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIM. Got Matt joining us from the Capital Humane Society. Morning, Matt. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, tell us a little bit about the pets that you are featuring here this week. Yeah, so uh, first off, we have Roland. So Roland is an approximately four-year-old Husky German Shepherd mix. He's a neutered male, black, and he's got, it's tan, but it's a real light tan in color. And uh, he weighs about 54 pounds, came to the shelter as a lost dog, and nobody came looking for him. Um, but obviously somebody spent some time working with him because he's a very friendly dog, loves attention and treats, and he also already knows how to uh, sit, lay down, and shake for you. So um, nice. he'll be available for adoption later today. And then the uh, next one is actually a pair. 
Uh, it's Louise and Tina. So they are what we call a perfect pair, meaning that they need to be adopted together because they are bonded. Uh, they also came in together as lost dogs, and nobody came looking for them, so they will be available today. Uh, Louise is an approximately two-year-old Shih Tzu mix, big female. She's uh, pretty much solid gray in color. Very little dog. She's only about six pounds. Um, and then Tina is also approximately two years old. She's a terrier mix, big female. And she's cream in color, but she's got a little bit longer hair, kind of big ears, a little more of the wiry hair going on. Um, but out of the two, Louise is the more outgoing of the pair, and Tina's a little more shy, and so she tends to follow Louise around a little bit and take her cues from her. Very so. good. Uh, hey, get to that website, org, and make an adoption. Thanks for your time, Matt. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Yep, bye-bye. Today with Jack and Friends on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 713. Phone lines are open. 402-479-1400. Starting to get some calls in there. And I will tell you, it is not Gala Peavy. <laughs> Who? Gala Peavy. She only had a single. Is that the hippopotamus uh-huh. one? Okay, I didn't even know. Yes, we are asking you. I want you to uh, see if you can figure out what Christmas album we are thinking of. Just the artist. You don't necessarily need the name of the album. But i got a list all the way back into the 40s of all of the best. This is really interesting. We'll go over this a little bit later. Uh, but I've got a list of all of the best-selling Christmas albums by year. Uh, and we'll see if you can guess who we are thinking of. We've got someone. We've got one year and one uh, artist specifically in mind here, uh, and it's definitely someone you've heard of. It's not really that obscure either. So let's see if we can narrow it down. Uh, 402-479-1400. Get in line. Ask us a question. We're going to give away tickets to Nebraska basketball versus Kennesaw State. A great way to kick off the holiday season with a game here on the 22nd. All right, Stephen is the first to take a shot at this. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? Hey, good morning. Good morning. It's not windy. Yeah, uh, aren't we all? Uh, All right, uh, start to narrow it down here. Uh, You get a yes-no question. What holiday artist are we thinking of that had a best-selling album in a year uh, into the 1940s to current? Was the album before 1970? No, it was not before 1970. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess if that's the case, I'm going to guess Mariah Carey. Is it Mariah Carey? Good guess. Good guess, but not the one that we were we were thinking of. 402-479-1400. Sometimes you guys are just surgical with this thing. Sometimes you are surgical. Because right there, he has knocked out the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s on this whole thing. All right, phone lines are open now. 402-479-1400. What? Best-selling Christmas album are we thinking of? I've got it from every year. You know, when he got rid of, Mark, when he got rid of the 40s, 50s, and 60s, there goes Bing yep. Crosby. Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby's out. Kate Smith. Uh, Lawrence Welk is is pretty much out. Um, Nat King Cole. Andy Williams is out. Yeah, that's, several that, of that, that. That narrows down a lot of the go-tos. But here. that's how you play, though. That if, no, it's when, how you play. Yeah, yeah, when you're the first caller, you goes, split it in half. Not, uh, there, all right. Uh, all right, back to the phones now. Rob is going to take uh, another shot. This phone lines are open for you to get in line as well. Uh, good morning, Rob. How are you doing? Hey, good morning. All right. We are how about tra- White Christmas? Is it White? Well, we're looking for the for the artist. Do you mean the... Oh, just, how about Bing Crosby? Is it Bing Crosby? No, it is not Bing Crosby, but you, you get you get another guess if you want to take it. You get two. 
Mannheim Steamroller. Is it Mannheim Steamroller? No. Literally, literally just said it wasn't. Okay. Uh, 402-479-1400. That's not how you We play. are thinking of a Christmas <laughs> album. We are thinking of a best-selling Christmas album. Every I've got one from every year. It was after 1970. Uh, after 1970. It's not Mannheim Steamroller. It's not Mariah Carey. Was not Bing Crosby. You know, Bing Crosby may have appeared, reappeared on the on the charts later. I guess I shouldn't completely rule that out. But uh, no, it wasn't any of those things. It but the, is, but the question was when it was released. Yes, this so. was it was well. It was the, the I can tell you it was the best the the best selling album of that year. I there are some actually that reappeared later uh, or a couple of times. So it was it was the year, but it was not in it was not before 1970s. This is a person I guarantee you know who they are. Absolutely, I even associate them with a, with Christmas a little bit. Yeah, I do. I do because some of the songs are are still there on the list. 402-479-1400. And uh, we got tickets to Nebraska basketball. If you can narrow it down and guess the one that we're thinking of. Ask better questions, though. I mean, don't throw out those two guesses. I think narrowing it down is is going to help. I, th- I think maybe Mike is going to be able to do that. I think he, he knows the strategery here. Uh, good morning, Mike. How are you? Uh, well, I hope so. All right. Um, yes, no question. Uh, person's last name, upper half of the alphabet, A through L. Uh, yes. The, the surname, the last name begins somewhere uh, in, in A to L in the first half of the alphabet. Correct. Yes. Oh, uh, this is a shot in the dark. Pat Boone. Is it Pat Boone? I like that guess. I do, too. I like that guess. I don't know. Did he even have a best-selling I, Christmas album? I'm looking album? that up I right I now. I don't remember seeing. No, thing. no. Pat Boone did not make this but e- it's elite still a, list. It was still a good, li- uh, good uh, guess. Elite list. I mean, Bing Crosby was a great guess because Bing Crosby went a straight decade with the same album. Yeah, where he was yep. he was number one. Like he it, was, it was the only album, the only Christmas album anyone had in the in the forties and early fifties was Bing Crosby, and, and that's the era of of the likes of Perry Como, and yeah. Kate Smith, and I don't even think I see Perry Como on here either. Which is I, I don't surprising. know whether he had a, a best selling album, but I know he had some best selling. No, and neither is Kate Smith as well. Uh, she right. was probably back in the thirties. Phone lines are they may not have been doing the uh, that's true the calculations yeah. at that time. All right, phone lines are lit up now. We're giving away Nebraska basketball tickets. If you can guess the best-selling Christmas album we are thinking of, I've got the best-selling album of every single year. We've narrowed down that it was released, or it was a best-selling album after 1970. The last name starts with the first half of the alphabet. Um, and then uh, what else? Not Mariah Carey, not Bing Crosby, not what was the other one that was guessed? I can't remember what the other one was guessed already. Uh, all right, back to the phones. Brian is next. Uh, good morning, Brian. How are you? Morning, guys. All right. Let's narrow the date. Let's narrow the date down a little more. Is it before or after two thousand? Let's say after two thousand. Is it after two thousand? No, it is not after two thousand. Oh, this may put my guess in uh, straight, but it might help the next person. Let's go. Uh, let's say Michael Bublé. Is it Michael Bublé? No, but good job. Way to narrow it down. All right. So now we got from nineteen seventy to two thousand. Last I, name in the first half of the alphabet. I think Michael Bublé was in the 2000s. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. That, that, he, he was. Yeah. Michael Bublé didn't show up until 2011, actually. Until 2011. Michael Bublé was just a punk teenager in the 90s. All right, back to the phones. Corey's going to take a shot at this morning. Corey, how are you? 
Good. How are you? Good. Okay. Uh, we got to narrow it down a little bit for you here. It's an annual best-selling Christmas album, uh, and the it was the number one album sometime between 1970 and 2000. Uh, last name starts with the first half of the alphabet. Uh, give us a yes-no question and narrow it down some more. Is it a uh, brother-sister combo? No. Oh. <laughs> Carpenters. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I know where were you going. I know you where you were, or the Osmonds, but no. How about Amy Grant? Is it Amy Grant? Good guess. Good guess there. Very solid. She would have been later too, wouldn't she? Her first one came out in the eighties. Really? Yeah, early, like eighty three. Then then she had a bunch of them. I don't know if she ever. I don't know if she's actually on this list or not, though. If she just, she just might not have been number one uh, in any individual year. All right, back to the phones. This is fun, and and this is an uh, album. It's an not album, a, the not top a, album, not a single of a year, right. the best selling album of every year. Okay, so we're looking for one that was between the seventies, uh, nineteen seventy, and, and two thousand. All right, uh, we got. Line, are we doing line two there? Is that right? Yeah. I see, it's red. Uh, all right. Hey, Michelle, how are you? Pretty good. All right. Yes, no question to narrow it down. The female. No. Ooh, that okay, really. That was a good. That was a good, good way question. to narrow it. Smart way to narrow it. Now you got to guess though. Oh, because I have no idea. I'm going to just say wham. Is it wham? Good guess. Good guess. Not not wham. Not wham. This is a, Caleb. What happened to the? What happened to the listeners absolutely dominating this game? Well, there, there is such a breadth that you have to go across for, for this particular topic. All right, we're but they're wait. doing a good job of narrowing it down. We're doing what, what is Ellen K. today with Jack and Friends thinking of for Husker basketball tickets. We're thinking of a best-selling Christmas album of a, of a single year. We've got a list of all of them from the 40s to current. This one we've narrowed down is between the 70s and the 90s. Uh, it's a, it's a not female. So I, you know, I'll go ahead and say it's male. Um, it he is male. Um, last name starts with the first half of the alphabet. This isn't going to go much longer. William, good morning. There. All right. What is your uh, yes/no question? Would the first name be considered a nickname? No. No. How about Cletus T. Judd? <laughs> Cletus T. Judd. <laughs> I'm sorry, William. <laughs> Good try. Good try. All right, Randy is uh, now going to take a shot of this. We're going from really narrowing down well to not at all, and it's just... All right, Randy. Good morning. How are you doing? Pretty good. All right. What's your yes-no question? Was it the king? Was it the king? No, it wasn't the king. Oh, rock and roll. Yeah, no, I, you're talking about Elvis, I assume. Um, yeah. <laughs> not the, uh, no, not. But since you since you didn't ask a question, you can have another guess if you'd like to. Oh, <laughs> I I can't think of anything. Else All right, right now, so. All right, sorry, Richard or Randy, whatever. Sorry, there's a lot of names going on Latest. right now. Every time I think we're making progress, guys, we're not. Uh, all right, Mike's going uh, at this. Mike, what's your question? Okay, I'm gonna say, is it Kenny G? Is it Kenny G? Nope, it's not Kenny G. Is it Neil Diamond? Is it Neil Diamond? It is not Neil Diamond. <laughs> this is not that hard, guys. It really, I mean, this is not me pulling one over on you guys. Are the phone lines empty out? Did everyone give up? Yeah, Ben hung up. Ben, ben what are you doing? 
I know well, can I Ben, I know a certain color commentator that would hang up on not try the game. <laughs> so I don't think yeah, yes. I uh, there another good question I could ask, but that would probably well, yeah, the questions are bad. Yes, I mean, yeah. the questions have been predominantly bad. That's why we're still playing this game right now. But we're, we're getting, I mean, we're narrowing it down here. All right, Derek, what's your question? Uh, were they part of a 60s rock band? Were they part? I don't think, no, no. not not that I know, I don't think no. so. No. Okay. Uh, is it Paul McCartney? Is it Paul McCartney? No, it is not Paul McCartney. All right, we are asking you to name, uh, to guess which Christmas album we're thinking of. It's the best-selling Christmas album for a year. We've narrowed it down that it was the year was between 1970 and 2000. The last name, it's a male. Last name starts begin at the first half of the alphabet. Um, we've had a lot of other stuff, too, that isn't all that helpful. That's probably the most helpful stuff I can tell you right now. It's someone you know. I mean, if you're old enough. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. Caleb knows very clearly. All right, back back to the phones. Judy's going to get this, I think. All right, Judy, yes, no question. Is it a brother-sister team? No. Oh, shoot. Well, then, I don't have a good guess. Okay, thanks, Judy. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's the second time we had that question. It's a male. It's a single male. I don't know how to say it more clearly. <laughs> Corey, yes, no question. Okay, I missed one of the clues. So it is a. It's male? not a brother sister team. Yeah, it's a male. It's a male. Okay. Um. Um. Yeah. Oh, Josh Groban. Is it Josh Groban? No, it's not Josh Groban. But you get another guess. Um. Well, I was going to say Celine Dion, but yeah. not male. <laughs> not that I know of. All right, there you go. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Corey. Think earlier in the in the range can, that we're talking about, y'all. Can I ask a question that might help? Oh my narrow gosh. Down? Can I ask a question? Yeah. Is the artist, uh, right now, is the artist dead or alive? All right, I'm giving you a The artist is no longer living. The artist is no longer. I mean, we got to get this going so Caleb can do sports. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jerry, yes, no question. Okay, I don't even need a question okay. on this one. I got it. You got it? Let's see. I was 19, 1972, I was in second grade. Mrs. Hathaway knew that my family had this album. Perry Como. Is it Perry Como? No, it's not. <laughs> this person was on the had the number one album twice. You know him. He's dead, unfortunately. <laughs> I promise you know him. I I sort of associate him with Christmas music. Jeremy, help me, Jeremy. Help me. Is it John Denver? Is it John Denver? Yes! 1975, Rocky Mountain Christmas by John Denver. 1979, A Christmas Together by John Denver and the Muppets. Both of them. He's also known by his given name, Henry John Duchendorf. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's get it going. The five things that are going to be on your mind today. Is your... Uh doing your Christmas shopping, going to work, finishing up the school year, whatever that it might be. Let's get it started without any further ado with... Number five. An unusual and very powerful storm system moved across Nebraska yesterday afternoon, then into Iowa and on east. Prompted several tornado and severe thunderstorm warnings in our area. Heavy rain and strong winds literally blew through Lincoln between three and four. Iowa State Patrol says a semi-trailer struck by high winds rolled onto its side in on U.S. Highway 151 in eastern Iowa, and that uh, driver was killed. 
tornado warning for northwestern Lancaster County, but no confirmation of tornado damage. Uh, a lot of tree limbs down, some power lines down. Uh, LAS, I uh, just checked, uh, they still have 117 customers out of power. National Weather Service confirmed a wind gust of 93 at the airport yesterday, and that was as wild an hour as I've ever seen in weather. It was, I mean, the, we had, the, the, the weird thing about that hour, Mark, is is sitting here doing our live weather coverage yesterday, just seeing the sky. I saw like 20 different versions of the sky last night in over the course of an hour. Yeah. It went from sunny to just overcast to, to gray to black to, I mean, it was every shade uh, in the entire rainbow. Um, and yeah, there is some... Um, there is some some limbs down, some damage. I, I got a, Ryan sent me a picture um, in the Salt Valley neighborhood of a huge evergreen that got uprooted by some of the winds. And so I don't want to act like there wasn't any, you know, any any significant damage that went along with this. But Mark, I would say driving home after we finished that whole thing and what I had seen this system do. I was worried it was going to be a lot worse, yeah, just I, in terms of the the damage that was done by this. You know, when I left the station, I went south here on on 48th and 44th over to 48th, and then south. I expected to see some very large limbs uh, down. Did not see that. I saw a lot of uh, you know branches and leaves, and I, I guess you'd just call it trash and dust. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the, I was surprised. Although the center part of the city probably protected a little more, uh, but the the was several reports of very large trees blown over. The the comment we talked to Rusty Dawkins right as it was about to come in, and uh, appreciated him giving on. We kind of gave you the what was going to happen in real time uh, as it approached Lincoln, and it was it was interesting, Mark. I don't know if you caught this in talking to Rusty, but he was like genuinely sort of amazed by what he was seeing. And this is someone who does has done this for a living and specializes in this thing. I think it was the combination of just the absolutely, the, the thin line, but that it went so far north-south, the speed at which it was moving, and then the way that it was firing up these storms and then these warnings so quickly. We have... I mean, we had a we have a little list where we're trying to keep everybody up to date with the warnings. It was boom, 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 there boom. I have never had this where I could not keep up with the tornado warnings because normally this is in the in the spring and in the summer, and these are sort of slow moving systems, and you can see okay, you can kind of tell when it's coming. Not this. I mean, it was yep. it was so fast the way that these things were popping up. Well, uh, I was just talking to Chris Lofgren because he followed uh, a little bit uh, later in the afternoon on these traffic reports. Uh, it hit Des Moines about 5.30, so stop to think about it. Two hours from here to Des Moines. Yeah, yeah that's, I mean, I've uh, driven to Des Moines a lot of times. I never got there in two hours. No. You, <laughs> that thing is, my grandpa used to say, that storm was in whoopee gear. Yeah, that that's absolutely true. By the way, now... It would, it would have been pulled over on the interstate, the speed it was going absolutely. from the Tri-Cities to uh, here. Yeah, absolutely. But now... Here's here's a question for you. One of the big frustrations on what chapter hide Wednesday yesterday was the decision by some school <laughs> districts to cancel school. Now, I don't know about all of your kids, but my daughter's time that she gets out of school is three thirty eight. I think that might have been the literal minute that this thing peaked in they, Lincoln yeah, last night. They would have had to have held kids inside. They it just would have happened. Yeah. Uh, so may, I, may, I can it, I can tell you that it would not have been uh, good for buses being out. You can tell as a bus driver who's going to drive us in a yep. bus tonight. It wouldn't have. It would not yeah. have been a good good place to be. LPS vindicated on this whole thing? 
I don't know. I think there's some people who just didn't like And I'll be honest, as a parent, when I first started, I was like, seriously? But I think that I think they made the right call on this one. Yeah. I think they did. I mean, it, earlier in the day, they were talking about, you know, wind gusts to 75, and everybody's going, yeah, not, not going to, you know. And then they upped it to 80 and 85, and when you get to 93, clocked at the Lincoln Airport, this thing yeah. ramped up. I do think there's really, I don't know, I just, you know, you know me and the airport thermometer. <laughs> but that's their automated uh, system out there. That's so that works? That works. Okay, just tell me what works and what doesn't work. That's also there. what gives pilots their regular updates. Their rain gauge. Well, in that same system, when it was in the Tri-Cities, was hitting the 90s as well with its with its gusts. So, not surprising that the airport registered that as well. Anybody lose any stuff off their uh, deck or Christmas vaca- Christmas uh, uh, decorations or anything did, like that? I saw Christmas lights strewn across the parking lot this morning. <laughs> Someone lost those off a porch. Yeah, and uh, our friend Phil. Uh, with Phillips Lincoln Lights uh, said, you know, there'll probably be a few displays that won't be uh, oh, displayed. Yeah, some of, some of the people had it. The, the, we appreciate when you do the huge, gaudy displays. We love that. I'm sorry for all the work it probably required yesterday to make sure you didn't lose all that stuff. Or having to redo it today. Yeah, exactly. Number four. Nebraska Volleyball tonight against Pitt. It'll be broadcast on our sister station, B1073. Uh, first serve, uh, it's scheduled for 8.30, but I think, Caleb, you said it might be later. Uh, Jack, you weren't very confident last week going into Texas. Uh, well, I mean, that was, uh, you know, a pretty decisive win. So did they win you over by chance? Okay, well, I mean, come on. They were going into Texas. They were the, I mean, they were the, uh, yes, I've learned, listen, so ne- their win won you over. The Nebraska volleyball experience is so exactly opposite right now. The Nebraska football and Nebraska men's basketball watching experience, <laughs> where where I will get hope and I'll, where I'll watch those and I'll I'll start to get hope and say, hey, could this happen? And really deep down, I know that it won't, and I know that it'll be heartbreaking at some point. Uh-huh. It's just the opposite for Nebraska volleyball, where I just now. Talk smack all the time. Like, yeah, oh, no, they're winning this point. This serves going into the next by Texas. Boom, right into the net. I mean, it's amazing. It's well, the, it's wonderful. It was a different viewing experience and listening experience for that Texas match because as you talk about football and men's basketball, it's a lot of times it was going, hey, can this happen? Is this going to happen? Right. Is Nebraska going to win? Texas started to make a run, and they, they even took the third set, and I started to get a little bit of a sinking feeling going, oh, no, is Texas going to come back? They just did it two days ago. And then Nebraska, the, the volleyball team, Coach Good, they said, no, they're not. They're not coming no, back. No, like, because got, they had the mental domination over the other team. Yes. I mean, that's what the key is. And as, John Baylor, and as John Baylor said, the players were flipping out on the coaches and on each other. The coaches were all over the place for Texas. That was that was a team that survived purely on just having the best athletes for most of their matches. They were mentally dominated. Yes. Just witchcraft. It is so delightful. Well, I love it. Nicklin Hames said after that match, they out-hearted and out-teamed. Texas. Now tonight you've got Pitt, and as I know you were saying, you wish Nebraska would have been in that region. Mm-hmm. That would have been an easier region right. than what Nebraska well, ran through. And, and now, now you get Pitt, and who who beat Purdue, and, and I think this is a really good out of the four teams or the three other teams remaining. I think this is the perfect matchup for Nebraska because you have the possibility of getting some vengeance in the final. There's no way I'm picking against this team ever again. Ever. I mean, the, the, the rest of the year. Yeah. The rest of no, the year. No, I would say There's ever. no way. Ever. It, it's got no, it's not like things are getting worse. 
It's got to be. Have you some, noticed some of the freshmen? Got to be something when you can rotate all Americans in and out. It's got to be something when you've got three all Americans on your bench in some rotation. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Number three. Speaker of the legislature, Mike Hilgers, announced he's running for attorney general. Uh, Doug Peterson earlier this week said he would not seek a third term. Uh, Hilgers uh, says the AG spot uh, role plays a critical role in protecting Nebraskans, and if elected, he would fight federal overreach, stand with law enforcement, defend our Constitution, protect communities and families. He's been in private practice for over 15 years and been a pretty strong uh, legislator uh, here in Lincoln. He's the one that uh, put the legislation together that is allowing the South Beltway to to get fast track. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah, we'll see. And the state AGs are going to be are going to continue to be important, Mark. And it seems like, you know, it's it's kind of increased in importance here in terms of that federal state balance of power and legal issues that have come up there. We've seen a number of lawsuits that Nebraska's been involved in uh, regarding some of those issues as well. So, um, but he's been a I mean, he's one of the rising stars in the Republican Party here in in the state, and you know, let's be honest. And some, and and they've done it with some others, but it's it's start to it's time to start finding for both parties some um, some good, competent, electable people on the bench that are a little bit younger here at this point, and. Um, and so this, I think this probably be a good start for that in that. Yeah, and you know his uh, law firm, Hilgers Graben, uh, been a top tier uh, company uh, law firm in U.S. News best law firms in the country for a couple of years. I mean, they've they've got a, a great practice, and and uh, you know he's. It'll be it'll be interesting because last time this was up like this, where there was an incumbent, there were four people who ran for this seat. That's how Doug Peterson ended up winning. Remember, Doug Peterson got Tom Osborne's endorsement. That was a big deal eight years ago. Uh, and so I'd, I wonder if this is kind of a thing where everybody's going to say, okay, he's the heir apparent here, or if you are going to have people jump in. Because it was a, it was a kind of an oddly contested, I don't know if oddly is the right word, but surprisingly contested uh, spot last time this happened, eight years ago. Uh, all right, moving on. Number two. Urban Meyer out. Jacksonville Jaguars, two of his first uh, 13 games was his winning record. Hey, he did get two of them. He got two out of 13. Owner Shad Khan made the move hours after ex-Jaguars player Josh Lambeau told a Florida newspaper that Meyer kicked him during practice in August. Latest embarrassment for the three-time national championship winning coach. But he failed miserably, but in grand style. I thought it. he was doing just fine. <laughs> I thought a lot of things were going right for Jacksonville. That that is a big, big hit to his reputation. Because think about it: in a 15-year stretch, he won national championships with two different programs. He was on top of the SEC, on top of the Big Ten, and then was, I think, living life pretty good, being on TV. Mm-hmm. Goes and takes this job, and then it is just an absolute failure. In the just over eleven months that he was there, yeah. So man, that that has got to hurt the ego. It hurts the reputation. Someone is going to be desperate enough at the college level. That's what if, Stephen asked me on the text line. He said, "You think he'll coach again?" And- it, if he wants to, there will be someone desperate enough that would want him. It's but does he want to? Otherwise, he can just go back to being cushy on TV. Yeah, somebody in the Mac would call him or something. I mean. Does he want to do that after Florida and Ohio State, though? Uh, okay, let me ask you this question. You know where I stood on on the Frost thing last year? I wanted him to stay. I'll blah blah. Just a disclaimer. Oh. But what if what if next year 
that Trav Alvarez decided he wanted to go in another direction. What would your reaction be? <sighs> Man, I... <laughs> I mean, you sh- every fiber in your body should be saying no, but there's a part of you that doesn't want to. Right, like, there's a part of me that says, maybe? <laughs> See? But I want to say no. Like, you feel like you have to say no. I, I, I know. It's, you don't have to feel that way. Just say no. <sighs> Just no. Okay, Nancy that, Reagan. That's, that's why he's going to get hired by someone again. Just call Mark Nancy Reagan. Just say no. Number one. Yes, Bruce Springsteen sold his music rights. Sony Music, you know, what may, all, may well be the biggest transaction ever struck for a single artist body of work. Two people briefed on the deal said it uh, could be $500 million. No public announcement on it. Um, wow. Pretty good Pretty good haul for... That's an, inter- that, that's an interesting... So he sells them all the masters, all the, all the rights to the music, and they basically take those on and, and don't do the royalties. But, um, yeah... That's great. Now, here's what I want to know. I want can he do what Taylor Swift did now and come out with Bruce's version of all those songs? <laughs> Please do. It, it, it depends on how the contract to, on this one was. Because written. that that's about the masters, right? That's about the recordings mm-hmm. as opposed to the intellectual property rights that go along in the royalties that go go along with the song. I I think his is the latter with this whole thing, where he's basically just getting a payment up front for all for all this stuff instead of keeping it forever. I guess. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, without the nitty-gritty details, we can only speculate. Yeah. Oh, Bruce. Bruce, when's he coming to Lincoln? I'll be never now. Well, maybe next summer, Mario Stadium? We <laughs> probably sell that out. 755, we'll take a break. That's your morning drive on KLIN. 99.3 KLIN. All right, thank you very much. 27 degrees in the capital city on your Thursday morning, December 16th, 2021. And mercifully, we've only got wind six miles an hour right now. And uh, should be a pretty nice day today for our all-star caroling tonight. So if you see us out and about in the bus with Mark driving it, say hi tonight. We'll be out singing at some spots in the capital city. But it is time to talk to Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers. We call them the Girl Lincoln team. You can hear them noon on Saturdays uh, talking about new businesses, restaurants, retail, uh, news in the business sector. And uh, they join us right now. Good morning, Robin. How are you doing today? Doing well. Good. How are you? Do you have Good. that bus full? Uh, not totally full. So can uh, throw a few more on here. What singing parts are missing? You know, I don't know. It looked like I, at first I was afraid we weren't going to have enough men, but I think the answer to that is yes. We can use everything. Yeah, we need everything. We, we, we can take anybody. We need how, everything. I'm bringing my daughter along. So. How many more people do you need? I don't need. Uh, there's room for more. I don't. Okay. I don't have an exact number for you. There's still room for if more. If you want to join I'm, us, you can my, join us. My team is on the. <laughs> my, I mean. The, we, if people want to be a part of it, still there is room. A friend, of, we, a friend can, of mine was talking about it yesterday, and she was so excited. I mean, she was, was like, it? "You know, what? we're going to go to Brighton West, and we're going to go to downtown, and then we're going to go to Haymarket, and I haven't sung for years." She was so, she, so, so she's going to be on it. She was supercharged. Oh, okay. Anita is her name. All right, I yeah. know Anita. I know Anita. That's good. We'll see her. We'll see her tonight. Um, I, what, what, yeah, I don't know. What, do you, are you trying to recruit someone else, or what are you doing? Well, there? she was trying to recruit me. Oh yeah, come on, <laughs> yeah. come, come on, bring Ted. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Take to bring like a ukulele or something. It'd be nice. We do Nelly Kalikimaka. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let us jump into uh, the news that you guys have this 
week. We're starting at South Point Pavilion, pavilions uh, with some news there. Actually, a decent amount of news from there. What do you want to? What do you guys want to start with here at South so, Point, Robin? Well, we wanted to provide some information for those who have not been in a mall shopping for Christmas gifts for the last year. So these are things that have opened up recently that you could consider as okay. a gift if you are out shopping this weekend. Now, J. Jill's Women's Clothing, they've closed. So if you're shopping for someone who loved their stuff, unfortunately, that shut down a few weeks ago. Um, but there's some some new ones. And these are mostly what we call ex, you know experiential, which is the way retail appears to be going. You mm-hmm. know, there's less stores opening with merchandise to buy. So uh, things you can't buy online is what you're but saying. But things you go to do. Mm-hmm. Um, services. You you know, services. Yeah. Axe, be another way. axe yeah. throwing, you know, although no axe throwing at oh, South Point geez. as far as I know. But um, European Wax, that that is a group of estheticians that opened up a pretty fancy new spa there in recent weeks or months. Hoping to get a lot of gift cards from there this year. <laughs> <laughs> this is for the ladies in your life, Jack. <laughs> I'm sure, they, uh, I'm sure they'd take my money. <laughs> they would. They probably do gift cards. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they'll take their, their money. I, I'm just. I'm really I'm confident in that. I'm convinced that they will. Yeah. Sola salons, and they do all sorts of, well, everything. Uh, hair, barbering, tattoo, microblading, uh, eyelashes, nails, everything. Wait, they do. They do hair, nail, and tattoos. Rumor. Yeah. Rumor? Dave, do you know any places that are doing tattoos no. on the download? No. Kind of. Yeah, this place this is, is South This Point. is the information we received. And this is a franchise, and yeah. it's it's huge. You know, there's, and to be frank, we've seen a lot of movement in the salon business. They come, they go, they move from one building to another. This is huge. This is a gravitational center. The um, I think there's like 20 salon workers there. They cost share on the space. They've got the traffic of the mall to come in. This is taking it from that level that we've seen in the last few years of, you know, an independent person going into an office building and 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 turning it into a brand and putting it in a mall. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys know a weird thing I think about a lot is if I ever this get scares a, me already before I, you even finish your I sentence. If I ever get a tattoo, where would I go to get it? He's still on the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, <laughs> do, do you need some? Did, did you get yours in Lincoln? Or I got my latest one in Lincoln. Your latest yeah, one in Lincoln? Went, went to Rippy. Where's that? Um... I had a GPS because I still don't know where everything is in town. <laughs> Are you serious? I got here during a pandemic. Do you think I For was crying going out loud? Was it out shopping, Dave? It wasn't on a main artillery. I don't know. If, I, I will say this. If I ever, I wouldn't have ever said this at another time in my life, but I have, if I ever found like the exact right thing, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But I also don't know, you know, where where does a where does a middle aged man get a tattoo that even exactly looks, where you think a middle aged? I have gets no that idea. <laughs> I have no. I mean, if I was younger, it would have been like my bicep and that would have uh, biceps and that would look. Kind of, but now you can still do a little I, something on the forearm. I, you can do forearm, a little something on see, the wrist. I don't want any, behind the shoulder. I don't want to be all crazy like you are. I mean, I don't want everybody to see it. <laughs> I may have to have job interviews or something at some point. I, I'm basically invited to Sturgis for life at this. point. <laughs> I've always wanted to invest in a if someone who innovates a quick and painless 
tattoo removal technology. Yeah, that's true. I that's... would put money in stocks and something how, like how that. How much do, do they hurt? Um, we, so the one on my wrist um, hurt much more than the one on my forearm. More but nerves. that's just because it was it was on the wrist. Yeah, it yeah. didn't feel good. Now, the one on my back, because it was watercolor, I thought I was doing okay. Um, but because it's watercolor, you have to continuously go over the same spots. Oh, and as soon as we started doing that, I, started, I told him, I go, I'm no longer okay. And he goes, I know, it's watercolor. <laughs> and I was like, uh. ah, this is a terrible decision. But it looks good and it feels good now, and like it, it's just it's in the moment um, for that. Depending on how big the piece is, I would for like not. Two hours. I, I, I would. Not, I'll just say this, and I'm getting. I'm doing a terrible. This is a terrible idea. I would not rule out doing that for some for something for some reason. You got to get an Orlando Magic tattoo on your bicep. Because <laughs> I wear a random Orlando Magic hat on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Maybe anyway. you a Husker tattoo sometime. Yeah, is that kind of corny though? I don't know. Like, well, yeah, it's the Huskers. If I if I saw, jeez. <laughs> but you know, I, I saw the exact right thing, and I was like, that is that I could that I could do. I would, I think I would do it now. Get but. a Crow Lincoln tattoo. <laughs> do it, you coward. Crow Lincoln in like gothic letters over my right over my chest here, like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! That'd just, be, just for your own information, I would not do that myself. Oh yeah, I wouldn't do that. Really surprised to hear that, Dave. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't either. Man, it would make for some funny jokes, though. It's almost worth the laughs that it would get. Uh, okay, we'll take that under advisement. Uh, sorry, you guys were talking about South Point or something. <laughs> okay, okay. They they did open a new store. It's called Lush Fresh. Handmade cosmetics, and it. Oh, I read this, and it sounded kind of like the body shop makeup stores that we used to go to in the 1990s, which was all earthy and natural and lush, fresh, handmade cosmetics. It feels like I want to eat them. I did well. Wait till you hear this eco friendly, recycled, vegetarian, vegan. Fighting animal uh, testing, and uh, they had a list of ethical campaigns. That's, that's where it ends for me. I only end, I only eat meat makeup. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So very different. Um, definitely, definitely marketing to a particular crowd here. All right. Well, hey, uh, yes. and I brought mentioned to you earlier yes. there was a, a new uh, building permit that came out for. M. Vince Nail Spa that is uh, going to South Point also. And on their website, they said that they will be coming in the spring of 2022. The building permit for this little facility, $700,000. And a lot? And it was pulled. Quite a bit. And it was pulled by Von Maher, right? Yeah, it shows as the owner, Von Maher. So I don't know if it's in the general mall or if it's taking up a portion of Von Maher space or what's going on for sure. But but that's uh, who pulled the permit. Well, that's that was actually the permit. The applicant was, was the group out of uh, Ohio. But it, it shows the owner being Von Maher. Okay. So okay. You don't all right. know. All right. You don't know. Uh, all right. So that's it for South Point. Yeah, we, you know, I don't think I have time for all the in-depth for Gateway Mall. So we will do that on our Saturday noon show. There are eight new stores there. We will run through that, explain what, what they are and where they are. And if, so if you're headed out Saturday afternoon, we'll give you some more ideas for shopping. Did they reopen the incredible bulk? <laughs> 
by any chance? Not to my knowledge, I spent a Jack. lot of quality time there when I was about 13. <laughs> Remember that place? I was right by the food court there. They had the, Look, oh, man. I'm, I'm quite a few years older than you, but I still remember oh, that. Oh, the incredible bulk, man. They had... I could have spent a lot of money in there when I was a kid. Uh, all right, uh, moving on then. Haymarket. What do we have going on in the Haymarket? Well, go ahead, Robin. We got some stuff in the Creamery building, two, don't we? Two new experiential businesses in the Haymarket. Um, so if you're doing your shopping down in the Haymarket, you and can. This is for you. Uh, we've got a tattoo place. Hey, put them on the list. There you go. Oh. Put them on the list. <laughs> Red Quill Tattoo is, and I don't know if they're open yet, Dave. Do you I don't either. Because they know. pulled these permits a while ago, a few weeks back. Um, and then Sweet Two Hundred Six and the Creamery, and which, by the way, it's that big cream-colored building near the old railroad station right, where right. the railroad they station. They called it used the Creamery to, because it's cream-colored. It's cream-colored. A lot of people don't know that. Like, yeah, people ask me all the time, "Where's that?" Honestly, they do. Like, where's? It's <laughs> not why they call. Oh, that cream-colored building. No, no, I think they used to manufacture milk there or something. Um, Suite 206, the Black Dahlia Salon is going on the second floor of that building there. Salons are everywhere. My goodness. Yeah, this is, you know... I th- and don't you think maybe some of this is the whole being cooped up in our houses for a year and we want to go... You know, or women want to go pamper themselves, and it's the kind of thing you can do with a girlfriend. And maybe I don't know. I'm probably not the person to ask. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's getting silent in this male-dominated studio that, that, that I'm standing very in. Very much could be, Robin. But I, I need some ladies to back me you up. Look on like Twitter you wanted here. me to say something. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> pampered. I'm sure. Ladies listening, help. <laughs> Nobody's nobody's commenting. This next one, though, this next one I'm interested in. Yeah. Uh, Double Eagle uh, Golf uh, Simulation. It's at the new Kinetic Sports. I think we have a typo on on the location here. I think it's 1500 uh, West O Street. Yeah, West. Yeah. Yeah, uh, But uh, they're making an application for a liquor license also. Isn't that interesting? This is part oh, of man. our drinking through the pandemic is stuff we talk about. So I, you know, before my son could drive, I brought him out to Kinetic constantly yeah. for basketball practices, and could have went and done. Uh, if this had been open earlier, I would have probably spent gobs of money at that golf simulator because that sounds not, You know, that sounds fun. I've always wanted to try one of those things. I know they had something like it out at um, at the Graduate. I don't know if that still exists right now, but you yeah. should go to the one at West Roads in Omaha. That is amazing. Oh, really? You're, are yeah. you talking about Top Golf? Top Golf. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you actually mean the actual yeah, that's, outdoor that's, Top Golf? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to Top Golf in Overland Park. I still haven't been to the one at West, near West Roads. Yeah, those but, are fun though. My son went there. He said it was, well, I think he used the word cool. It is. You know what I'm terrified of, though? So You know, people drink and stuff, eat meals and stuff up there. I'm always afraid somebody's going to have one too many drinks and not get a good grip on their club when they have a back swing. <laughs> Just that thing flying backwards to, to a bunch of people. All right. I guess it could happen at any golf course, though. Uh, all right. Is that it? That's yeah. That's it. All yes. right. Grow Lincoln. Grow Lincoln on Saturday. Not uh, not preempted. What are we doing this Saturday? If you're flying out for Christmas, we're going to have the Lincoln Airport. Um, if she hasn't like blown away in 90-degree winds, we're going to have Rachel. I hope she's okay. Yeah. Rachel Barth will be coming in to talk about um, what time you should show up and check your luggage. Also, a retail report from Roger Frank, Frank Financial Concepts. He's been watching um, retail sales, and he's going to tell us whether they're up 
down sideways, inside out this year. Or they're the same, but they're just more expensive, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we, and we're going to talk about the inflation. Yep. All right, Robin, Dave, always appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Shoot and Ro- what your dream tattoos are. <laughs> send, in your, send in your ideas. Why do I think I just took first steps to something that is definitely going to happen? Next? Yes, 100%. <laughs> All right. Uh, by the way, uh, hit Robin and Dave up. Grow Lincoln on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a building in your na- neighborhood or a building site and you're wondering, what in the heck is it? They'll find out and they'll tell us on the show. All right. We'll grab a break right now for sports. It's 825 on KLIN. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does when he says, Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. 28 degrees in the capital city at 839. And time for our weekly chat with the voice of the Big Red, Greg Sharp. Uh, Greg, is uh, everything at your uh, at your home still in place? Deck chairs, Christmas decorations, those sorts of things? Whew, man, that thing was brutal. Almost to the point where you saw small children and little dogs flying through right? the air. I mean, that thing was unbelievable. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy that... It seems like we didn't, other than some trees and type things, it didn't seem like it did a ton of damage. So, yeah. thank goodness. Maybe, maybe, we, uh, maybe we avoided the worst. Well, and I heard that whole uh, press conference yesterday was at the stadium there <laughs> yesterday when that was going. I don't know if you were there or not, but I heard from some of my other media colleagues that that place was shaken during that. Yeah, it was. It got done about 3 o'clock, and I told a couple of them, I said, I, I think I would leave the sixth floor. I think I might go down a few levels <laughs> if I'm going to sit and file my story. But I think some of them hung out. They wanted to get a view from up there, but they did say the uh, press box sitting atop Memorial Stadium was swaying for a few minutes. I would be out of there. That is not the place. Yeah, that is not the place that uh, recommended to go to uh, when you have uh, ninety mile an hour winds in the area. Um, all right. So speaking of that, I know I know you've had a chance to to talk to I know Mickey Joseph and I know the other the other uh, new coaches were were talking a little bit yesterday with the press and a lot of the people listening and myself included. We just we don't know a lot about these guys as coaches. Coaches, their philosophies, who they are. Just tell us a little bit about your takeaways from having a chance to hear them and, and talk to them over the course of the last few days. Sure, yeah. M- Mickey was the first one that I had a chance to sit down and talk to, and I had not met Mickey before. Um, God, you know, He really hasn't been back to Lincoln much since his playing days here, but really engaging guy. You can see why players are, are drawn to him and why he's such a well-known recruiter because it just, he's got that personality that pulls you in. He's a great storyteller. I did check in with some of his uh, former teammates, Steve Tater being one that was a couple of years older than Mickey, and Steve raves about him, and I can see why. I just really love his energy, and I think he's an unbelievable hire for Scott Frost and the staff. Spent a little bit of time yesterday with Mark Whipple, the new offensive coordinator. My goodness, he, he knows and has seen everybody. I mean, it just what he has done in his career at different levels, whether it be a head coach at UMass two different times where he did some really good things for that school, or when his time as a quarterback's coach with the Steelers as and a part of a staff when Ben Roethlisberger was a young man and they went to him, won a Super Bowl for Pittsburgh, so he was a part of that staff. And then what he did this year with, with Pickett and Pitt mm-hmm. and let, led them to the ACC title. And I just think he's got a really creative offensive mind, and, and I'm really excited about he and Scott Frost sitting down and kind of putting the other game plans week to week. I think it's going to be really interesting, and uh, I'm really Excited about that. Donovan Rayola, again, another one that I'd never met before. I talked to him for a little bit the other day. He's, you know, people think of him as a young coach, but he's 38. It's not like he's that young. 
Uh, but he's had a, a wealth of experiences. And I think the fact that he was in the NFL and kind of around professional football for a few years, he knows what the picture needs to look like. It'll be a challenge now for him to get the, that young offensive line that we watched this fall up to snuff and up to the ability to block these great Big Ten defenses that we play week in and week out. So there's still one more domino to fall before the, the staff is completely set. I know, I think it was that you told me a week ago, I think I've heard that people say they think it'll be a, a special teams coordinator. Uh, how soon do you think this all gets wrapped up here? Um, are we talking about here the next couple of days? Well, Scott Frost was asked that yesterday. He said, well, now the signing day behind them, he'll turn his attention to that. He felt like they were fairly close. I think it definitely gets done before Christmas. And, boy, that's only, what, nine days away? Mm-hmm. Shopping alert to everybody there. So, I, yeah, I would think it probably happens in the next four or five days. He, I, I got the sense he knows what he's going to do. Now he just has to get it done. And here's a, a, a programming note. We will have the head coach on for an hour tonight for Sports Nightly. So Ooh. six to seven. Uh, he will be in studio, so taking calls and questions. So get them lined up, folks. There's a lot to talk about with yeah. him tonight. Must listen there as you're getting ready for the uh, for the volleyball game uh, tonight here later at night. Um, uh, let's see. Let, let's go to let's go to then the other. I guess then the other domino outside of coaching to fall is is what happens with the transfer portal, particularly with the quarterback position. I don't know, Greg. It kind of strikes me it's it's a little bit of a difficult situation because do you do you find the guy that you want and completely go after them um or but then are you risking right you don't end up with anybody who is who is a fit it's not quite like signing day and recruiting in that there's a hard deadline and everybody's going to decide by that point somebody could be in or out at any moment here it's 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 already happening or i think it could probably go on until january as well you're exactly right and let's not mean you still have a lot of bowl games coming up and they're Who's to say that somebody goes, ah, I'm going to take my bowl trip first, do that. I know I'm going to leave, but I'm not going to announce True. that. I, you know, I get all the trinkets and the beats and all that stuff for my bowl gifts, do that, and then I'm going to announce January 4th I'm in the portal. So you're right. So you, you, you look at the guys that are in there now. You feel like and now that Whipple's here, you certainly want his input on what, what kind of quarterback does he want to, to, to run this offense. And I think they've identified a couple that, they, that are, they're intrigued by right now but you're right. I mean, if you find one that you're intrigued with and you can get him, you take him. But yeah. you're right. This is not something that has to happen by Friday or by next Wednesday. I mean, this this is going to go for a while. You, maybe it does. Maybe you do land somebody and you get him and somebody you like, you, you pick him off and, and add him in there. But, yeah, there's still a lot of – it's very fluid, I guess, is the best way to put it, over the next three to four weeks with this whole thing. And so that, that to me, is the biggest piece left to be put into the puzzle. Who yeah. is going to be the quarterback for this team? And, and you know, I, I suppose you would really want Whipple to be involved in that and, and very, uh, very involved in, in making that decision. He's just got here, right? So he hasn't had a lot of time to really sit down and actually evaluate these guys and, and talk through that with Scott Frost at this point. So that's probably yeah. part of this. Right. His feet didn't hit the ground in Lincoln until last Friday. So okay. He hasn't been here a full week yet. Now, he's been pouring through tape. He has met with, I think, the current quarterbacks on the staff. He's obviously, I think, had conversation with Richard Torres, who signed yesterday. So, I mean, he's the quarterback's coach. So, absolutely, he's going to have a huge Im- input into what guy they'd go with in this whole thing. And I, and I wouldn't totally dismiss, the, and Scott Frost was asked this yesterday, I wouldn't totally dismiss that. It's not Logan or Heinrich Harburg that ends up being the guy, but you, I think you do need to get a little bit more of a veteran presence in that room, and you need some depth, and you need competition, and, uh, you, but you've got to have him here for spring football. So that's why the next month uh, I would anticipate something to happen. 
Cam Jurgens leaves. Um, we all knew that was a possibility, maybe maybe a likelihood, but it became official. You thought maybe there was a chance, all right, with Rayola coming in, this this would be a good fit, and, and he wants to get even higher in the NFL draft. But he did make that decision at at this point, which I don't think anybody blames him for at this point. Um, you're you're replacing your quarterback one way or the other. You're replacing um, you know your top tight end. You're replacing your one of your best wide receivers at this point. Running back, you know, you don't really have someone who is the lead horse for the entire year when you look at this offense next year greg i mean uh, the, i guess there's not even an answer for this right now but w- what are you building this thing around you got a new offensive coordinator and you, nobody you know everybody realizes this is there's pressure this year to perform at this point i mean how, how exactly do you build an offense out of scratch what are you building around here for coming into this year well, I, it, it does start with what we were talking about the quarterback i think that's the final big piece to the puzzle and and I'm not dismissing Logan or Heinrich, but I think you, if you can find somebody who's got starting experience more than just one game that Logan has, that's probably somebody you go lock into. Have you looked at the before and after pictures of Cam Jurgens? Go back and look at some of his Beatrice high school pics, and then look what he is now, and you're like, oh, that's like a different human being. Right. He was a tight end. People remember he was a tight end right. when he came here. Right. So, I mean, it's just, it shows you what you can do in the development phase. And I, I'm old enough to remember when his snapping was an issue. I mean, it wasn't at all this fall. So he took care of that, but it certainly was a big issue a year ago. But I think he gets drafted. I think there's some candidates to take over that center spot. Nuri can play center. Ethan Piper can play center. Trent Hickson was the backup center this year. So I think you've got options there uh, with that offensive line. But to answer your question, it's still, it comes back to the quarterback. I think there's enough talent in that wide receiving room that's left with Betts and Manning and Oliver Martin, and uh, there's a couple others, mm-hmm. Alante Brown that I'm missing, and they mm-hmm. did redshirt three wide receivers. One of them was named at their banquet on Sunday as the scout team, offensive scout team player in Hardy. So I think there's some talent there. And let me also throw this out, too, because I'm getting, I'm getting whispers from the staff that, you know, this signing period, Jack, goes through the end of the week. I think there's still a chance to add a name or two that might mm. help that offense out before Friday night. Okay, good good to see. And then and then in addition to that what happens tran- you know the transfers are all Whoa. over here at this point. Um and I wouldn't rule that out probably for for any of those positions as well. Uh, speaking of of signing day, I just saw this headline. This this just came out. Um you probably haven't even seen it yet, but so Tom Brady is now with his own clothing brand has signed nine college athletes to NIL deals to launch his new brand. Some football players from Michigan, Jackson, McNamara from Michigan's on it. They got a tennis player from Michigan. And, and, and I'll ask more generally, and I know we saw the thing yesterday where he had a big t- decommit to Florida State, to Jackson State, and a lot of people were saying it was because of uh, an NIL deal. And, and and the debate has raged on about whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, and I don't necessarily want to delve way down into that, but... I mean, how does can you do you have any sense yet of how this is going to change recruiting and how this is going to to impact college football as a whole when this really becomes a significant issue? It's for the first time we're seeing it how it's going to manifest itself in recruiting. I think a lot of people said this back in June, right before the July first, when they flipped the switch. This was going to be a monumental change in college sports, and I think we're seeing that now. And the top tier guys are kind of. Let it be known they're out for the highest bidder. And, and so things, Jack, that for the last 50 years have been illegal to do, they're now legalized. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it's great if some guys can can profit off their name, image, and likeness at the college level. But now 
where does it stop? Is it just a car deal? Is it uh, a clothing deal? Is it a uh, sponsorship for a bank? I mean, I, w- I'm not sure where it stops. And it's completely blurred the line with what's legal and what's illegal to do. And so you better jump on board and you better be aggressive with this thing or you're going to fall behind. And the worry has always been is that the rich will get richer. The big-time schools that have all the alums, like a Michigan that has you know a huge alumni base, that, that, that might help uh, push them again even further ahead of the pack. So it's, it's absolutely going to change things. We're already starting to hear stories about guys' decisions and the, the kid that you referenced from Jackson State. Mm-hmm. I think that was a huge NIL deal that flipped him from Florida State to go play at an FCS school for right. next year. Yeah. Now, now, here's what I mean. Here's the interesting. Here's where the line I think is going to be drawn. You know, as somebody who 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 does endorsements for part of my living, I, I know that hey. Look, there's value, but there's value in having an endorser or having someone be signed to a contract. But there is some limit to it. Like, capitalism eventually comes into play here, I would think, Greg. I mean, uh, you know, how how much value is there in giving a million dollars to a cornerback from from Jackson State? Unless your motivation is less profiting off the whole thing, making a good deal for yourself, but just helping the program. Um, and, and that's you're just doing it to help out the program and not necessarily capitalism isn't necessarily driving you. Where that line falls on this whole thing, I think, is going to tell us a lot about where NIL goes. No doubt. And you're going to have some boosters that don't care if they don't profit off anything. They just want their team, Team X, yeah. to win. And if this guy can make Team X my team win, absolutely, I'm all for that. So yeah, it, it's just... It's crazy time. It's been described as the wild, wild west. It's all of that. I think going through this, I just I don't know how much that's really affected Husker athletics to this point, but it certainly could moving down the road. Yeah, I mean, that, because to me, that's the there's a difference between me saying, okay, hey, I, if I could get uh, you know Lawrence Diverns to to advertise my new athletic clothing line, that seriously could be, I mean, that would be profitable. That would make a whole lot of sense. But it's a different when it's a high school recruit who is, doesn't have that established sort of situation here at that point. I bring in, you know, the new running back Nebraska picked up last night to do the same thing, and it's it just doesn't make as much sense. So um, I think that's where that is. And, and speaking of Lawrence Divins, uh, we need to, got to mention uh, here, volleyball tonight. Um, <laughs> Greg, how fun was that uh, on, on Saturday? <laughs> Now, I mean, man, talk about it, it, it got everything. It was really cathartic, I think, for this fan base. The combination of winning something significant, doing it in the way that they did, doing it against Texas, and watching Texas just sort of sort of have a breakdown during the entire thing. Man, what a delight. I miss nights like that. <laughs> Every listener right now has a big grin on their face because that is exactly what that was. That was a fun night, and to do it in their gym, to that team that was ranked much higher than us and a lot of people thought would be the team that raised the trophy this weekend in Columbus. It was just so satisfying to see that. And just another masterful job of coaching by John Cook. This was a challenging year to try to mend the the, the differences of this team with an outstanding freshman class with some seniors who came back with the COVID year. I mean, that's a big age gap there, Jack. We're talking about 23-year-olds hanging with 18-year-olds, yeah. he really matured a lot differently there, but he was able to manage to do it, and he did it with a, an All-American on his bench. I mean, who, how does that, how do you do that? I mean, it's just crazy. They have, they have six All-Americans on their roster now. 
Yeah. That's, I mean, just incredible stuff. Uh, all right. Well, we'll uh, look forward to listening to Scott Frost tonight. Uh, we're going to have a volleyball game over on B1073 tonight. That's first serve at 830, uh, pregame at 8 with John and Lawrence. So it should be a great night on the Husker Sports Network. Greg, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good, Jack. Thanks. There you go, Greg Sharp, voice of the Big Red 854. Take a break. Wrap it up after this on KLIN. Sign up for the